Hey everyone, welcome back to the Living With Our Hope podcast. My name is Lena Evajamra. If we haven't met before, I'm so glad to meet you. I'm glad you're here. You are going to want to be on this podcast. As you know, every week we talk about hope. I bring in different guests, but today I think is probably my most famous guest ever because she is a live and true TV to be superstar. <laughs> uh, you might know her as Melissa Ratke. She is hilarious. Uh, one of my funniest friends, Tina Wachke, who's been on the show, uh, introduced me to Melissa and has basically told me every detail about her life. But I would tell you just a little bit about her. I've um, spent some time reading her book and uh, you might be familiar with it. It's called Eat Cake, Be Brave, which we're going to get to in a minute, but anybody that has the word cake in a book title is good in my book. Uh, even though, and Melissa, I heard this, I, I don't know if it's true, but even though she is now on the keto as I am. <laughs> Huge commonality here. I know we're friends. Anyway, she's from Lufkin, Texas. Uh, we're going to hear about that too. There's just so many things about her life that you guys are going to love. Uh, we're going to talk about body image, marriage, pregnancies, um, adoption, wherever the Lord leads us. I know that this conversation is going to give you guys hope. So, Melissa, so good to have you here. Oh my gosh, Lena, that was quite the introduction. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. And Hope is my daughter's middle name. And um, Hope just, it's one of my all-time favorite words ever, so I could talk about it till the cows come home, girl. Oh, that's good. Well, (laughs) y'all have cows down in Lufkin? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. So uh, we, we live a little, I mean, I mean, you talk a lot about your town. Why don't we start with easy stuff? Tell us a bit about where you're from. Well, I am from deep East Texas. So like there's Texas and it's huge, right? And then yeah. you go East, 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 and that's where I am. So it's a lot of country, um, pastures, farmland, you name it. In fact, I, we actually live on a huge piece of land uh, alongside right near my granny is on one side. My aunt and uncle are on the other side. Another aunt and uncle are on the other side. Cousins live here. Um, and this has been our family land for years and years. We're really blessed. We love where we live. Uh, my town is small, but it is awesome. And I can't wait for really the world to to see this town when our show comes on, on television. I think a lot of people felt like, well, are they going to make fun of our town? Because, you know, it's a small town. It's a blue collar yeah. town. It's hardworking people. But uh, no, they're going to love Lufkin. They're just going to love it. It's endearing. Well, well, it's charming. Well, tell us, I mean, f- first of all, Texas and small towns, it seems like y'all are really like TV material worth, right? I mean, you're not the first superstar from Texas. Right. Joanna Gaines and such. Waco, I mean, I would never, I mean, we knew Waco from, what's the name of the guy? It was like the crazy oh, guy. Oh, That's how yeah. you knew Waco. Yeah. Right, right. And so, right, I forgot about the, the name of the, that guy. So I appreciate you reminding me, but, but. I mean, what is it about Texas towns? I mean, y'all have such a personality. It's just so unique, huh? Well, I think so too, but let me, let me just stop you right there because I don't think anyone has ever uttered my name and Joanna Gaines' name in the same sentence. So thank you. Praise the Lord. Look, there's hope. This is pretty awesome. Oh, man. I don't know that the Gaineses would feel very good about being put in the same category as the Radkeys once our show comes out. But (laughs) but yeah, you know, and and don't get me wrong. It's not like we're a one, uh, one stoplight town. We're, we're certainly not at all, but, um, you, you know, there's not a lot of glitz and glamour here. It's not a lot for our for our kiddos to do. But you talk about a great place to raise your family, raise your children. I mean, I just love it here. I love it. Well, tell us about the TV show. What is it going to be? We'll just talk about, you know, fun stuff to begin with and yeah, move on to the serious stuff. So many people say, 
But what is the show? What is it about? I wish I could tell you. I'm not sure. Here's the deal. They found me online. They wanted someone there at the network and at a production company started following me. They were entertained by me. They looked, they, they looked into me. They came down and, and interviewed us. And I think what started off as Melissa is interesting. Let's put Melissa on camera changed once they came down to this big piece of land and they found that my family just walks in without knocking and that my parenting is less than stellar and that my husband is the yin to my yang, right? Like in every single way. And they just found this big, loud Southern family that loves Jesus really hard and loves each other. And I think Truthfully, there was a little bit of a void there. Um, yeah. You know, you had the Duck Dynasty family, right? And they were this family of faith and forgiveness and enjoyed being with each other. And I don't know. I, th- I think it's a great time for a family like this. I just can't believe it's mine. <laughs> you know? Well, what, what are you calling the show? It's called The Raggies. It's called The Raggies. Oh, you guys know already like what it's going to air and such? Yeah, it airs. May the 28th. And I always tell people, if you follow me on social media at all, trust me, you're not because people will go, did I miss it? If you follow me on social media, you will not miss it because I am going to be so obnoxious leading up to this show coming out. Like I'm going to be telling everybody, here's what you do. Here's where you find it. Here's what time. So if they follow me online at all, you're going to know. Because people, are- well, my mom will appreciate it. She likes like every time I do any like segment on radio, my mom will text me like sixteen times. Can you send me that link? And I'm like, Mom, you should know by now. <laughs> my mother literally said the other day, "I didn't know you were still doing that podcast." I mean, I'm like, Mom, I have a podcast. We're in season two for Pete's sake. Like, keep up. Oh, hilarious! That's hilarious. Well, tell us. So you talked about your online presence, and so some of the people listening might be less familiar with you than others. But kind of walk us back. You know, how did you land in all of this social media world? Maybe even back up. How did you? You're a Christian. How did you come to know Jesus? And sort of what was was this your life calling, or did it stumble upon you? Uh, I wouldn't say it stumbled as much as I tripped and fell face first right into it. But no, you know, my relationship with Christ. Um, I've been, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so blessed to have started off. Uh, my life in a, a God-fearing home, um, parents who were not just committed to Jesus, but were committed to the local church. So I grew mm-hmm. up in the local church, believing in the local church, loving it and serving in it. And so my mother was a worship pastor. <clears throat> wow. Sorry, let me say that again. My mother was a worship pastor for 40 years. My father was just a lay person within the church, served in any capacity. And I, so I grew up knowing that and experiencing that. So I come from a, a long line of vocalists and musicians. So my family is very musical and very gifted vocally. So I grew up singing in the church. And therefore, were you guys like the Gaithers sort of, or what kind of songs did oh, you grow up Oh, mercy. Singing? I grew up listening to the Gaithers. Oh, Lord, yes. Um, I, I I grew up listening to everything, but my favorite was just worship. I I can remember the day that I saw Darlene Check at Hillsong sing "Shout to the Lord" for the first time, and I was young. I was probably I don't know eighteen when I saw that, and I just looked and I said, "Forever, that's me. I want that. I want that." She's doing not because she was um, on a stage with thousands uh, adoring her but because she was on a stage leading thousands into the presence of God. And I was like, that's what I want. So I really grew up, you know, knowing that ministry would be my job. And I sang, Um, met my husband who was a pastor's kid. And so Mm -hmm. just thought 
where did you guys meet in college? We did. We actually met at a Bible college in Dallas, Texas, and mm-hmm. um, went went thought you got married thinking that we would go into the ministry. But let me say this: all along, I was like, Jesus, listen to me. I love this man. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but you and I both know I can't be a pastor's wife. Now you and I both know that. I mean, that church would. <laughs> It would fall <laughs> apart at the seams. So, like, what what does this mean for us, God? And we really felt like that vocally I would end up, you know, I mean, I adored C.C. Winans. I adored, oh, oh, my oh my goodness, these, these singers. I wanted to be like that, right? I wanted to be like Darlene Check. I wanted to do what Carrie Job was doing. It didn't turn out that way for me. And I have struggled with that several different times, much, much less now. Because I grew up knowing that God was going to use my voice, and I just assumed it would be through music. Never assume with God. <laughs> Never ever so assume. Good. You don't know what His plans are. And he, but here's the here's the flip side of that. We never know what His plans are. Therefore, we it's it's scary. But the flip side is they're always exceedingly and abundantly above what we ever imagined. Amen. So now here I am in this season of my life and God is using my voice. He's just using it in a completely different direction. And I also get fulfillment on the weekends because I am still a worship singer at my church. I'm not the worship pastor, but I am a worship singer. So I'm still getting to stand on the stage and usher in the presence of God. But I just do something different (laughs) the other days of the week. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you write your own songs? I don't. I mean, no offense, but I just always stunk at that. I was horrible at it. I could sing other people's, but but songwriting was not my gift, which is ironic because, you know, I sat down to write my book, Eat Cake, Be Brave, and it just rolled out of me. I love writing. Um, mm-hmm. But songwriting was never my thing. I, I don't know why. Maybe I didn't feel like anything I wrote was good enough for, you know, for God. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but... Well- so, so what, what moved you? Because you started on YouTube. Was that your roots or was it a blog? I thought it was YouTube, right? Well, it's funny. No, I did not start on YouTube. I actually started on Facebook. So, I mean, years ago, I had a blog when I, when, when my daughter was. When everybody had one. I'm sorry? When everyone had one. Like people would have a blog and be like writing about their lives. Oh, absolutely. I, I did it because everybody was doing it. I did it because I had an infant at home and you're trapped inside the house all day, every day. And I needed an outlet. And so I started a blog. But we lived in Nashville at the time and it was fun for me to do. But when we picked up our family and we moved to Texas, the blog, like most things in my life, fell by the wayside. Um, so... Aside from that, I didn't do anything on social media at all until I turned 41. And if you read my book, then you know that the night that I turned 41, everything in my life changed. And I will just like, I'm just for those who are listening and don't know what in the world I'm talking about, go buy the book. You can buy it wherever books are sold. But um, (laughs) we're going to give away too. Oh, wonderful. But just just to kind of recap in summation what happened. I had been, Lena, for a while, my, like from 35, 36, 37, I had felt this quaking, this restlessness in my spirit. I think that was the Holy Spirit. I think that was God telling me that there's more, like, come on, you know, move, Melissa. You were called to something where you have God given potential inside of you, Melissa. And it was this, this restlessness within me. 
And the night that I turned 41, I was leaning over the cake to blow up my candles and my children were going on and on and on and on and on and on about making this wish, which is just ridiculous between me and you because like adults don't make wishes, right? (laughs) We don't make wishes on cakes, right? but but they do, but they do. Children do. They think they put a lot of stock into it. Of course, they also put a lot of stock into the Easter bunny. So, but I leaned over the cake and I don't know why I can't tell you the reason why it was just a moment of destiny. It was a moment of just God. I leaned over the cake and instead of making a wish, I, I pretty much said a prayer. And here's what I said. God, I'm going to, I'm going to give you 12 months of complete and utter surrender, 12 months for the entire year that I'm 41, wherever you say, go, I'll go wherever you, whatever you say, learn, I'll learn wherever you want me to speak. I'll speak or sing. I'll sing. If you tell me to stop, I'm going to stop. If you tell me to move, I'm going to move. But for 12 months, I will live in complete and utter surrender. I'll live brave, even though it scares me to death, I'll do it. That's awesome. Soon after that, um, I got a whim one night to put up a video and my husband, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I got to, let me rephrase that. One night I got this um, idea and I was going to start this blog back. I was going to write some things down. My husband said, you know, social media is so big right now. And people are putting videos up of themselves. Why don't you do that? And I said, wow. David, I can't do that. Girls that look like me, like heavy set girls, we 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 don't put up videos of ourselves. And he said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought that you were gonna live brave this year. I thought you were gonna, you know, I thought you were gonna oh, do more." Oh, those are fighting words. Yeah, that's those are fighting words right there. You don't tell that to a southern to a country girl, right? <laughs> um, so I did. I put up a video, and then the next week I put up. Another. What did you talk about? Do you remember? I don't even remember. I have no clue. I guess I could go back that far. You went on your Facebook. You just were like, like now everybody's doing it. But really, this was kind of, you were ahead of your time. You were just like, hey, my name is Melissa. I just want to encourage you. Yeah, I don't even know. I think it was something funny having to do with my kids. I honestly don't remember. Here's what I remember. Yeah. Um, one of the third, I think it was like the third or fourth videos that I ever put up. Again, I didn't necessarily want to put it up, but my husband, you know, challenged me and said, just do it, Melissa. Here's what he said. He goes, women will like you. You look like them. You sound like Mm -hmm. them. Put it up for them. And I put it up and Lena today, it has over a hundred million views. Stop. Over a hundred. It's so crazy. I mean, what did you talk about? You got to have talked about something crazy. No, you're, that's the, that's the disappointing thing. You would think I talked about like something like revelatory yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, cake or sex, you know, something oh, yeah. crazy. No, I'm going to disappoint you really badly. I was talking about a week that my children have at school called Red Ribbon Week. And I don't mm-hmm. know that everyone does it, but in the South, it's called Red Ribbon Week. And it's Drug Awareness Week. But not only do they teach the children to be aware of drugs and to say no to drugs, they also have them dress up every day. So one day it's dressed like a minion. One day it's wear camouflage. One day it's crazy hair. And as a mom, I'm I'm tired and I'm broke. And I ain't got no time to do all that, right? So I just made this funny video talking about that. And I, I put it up on it like a Monday night, I went to bed, went to work the next day. By the time I got off work at like three o'clock, my husband texted me and said, have you, have you looked at that video? And we had about 3 million views at that point. No. And then by that, did you automatically in your, were you like, this is a fluke or were you like, oh, this is God. Oh, it was, I, God. It's gonna it, it was a, to me in my flesh, it was a fluke. 
But in my spirit, there was something that said, you said you'd give me 12 months. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what it means. What was your husband doing at that point? Was he a pastor, in fact? He was not. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He never made him a pastor. I'm <laughs> and all God's people said, amen. Um, no, he was not a pastor. In fact, my husband put himself through law school and oh. and was working um, at my father's company as the in-house attorney. That's what he was doing. Um, but But what has ended up happening is that my social media just blew up, all because of this viral yeah. video. But... David was able to quit his job with my father and come. And now he works, he and I work together on in this business and he manages me. And it's what he was trained to do in Nashville. It's what he went to school for and got his degree. And I look back and I go, oh God, you called us into ministry together 25 years ago. We thought it was to be a pastor and a pastor's wife. It wasn't. God always knew that this day would come and that this season would come. He just knew. You know, I mean, he's just, he's just a man. Now there are some, there are some themes that sort of have resonated. I mean, and, and by the way, the bottom line, people liked you like, it, because you were yourself. I mean, it's evident that that is really what happened is that people connected with you. And so there have been a few themes that you've talked about that sort of really have resonated with people. Uh, can you sort of hit on some of those? I can be more specific, but I kind of let you yeah. sort of take it on that. Absolutely. Well, first of all, um, I am, I mean, I'm a parent and I have two children, two beautiful, healthy, wonderful children. My daughter, it, both my son and my daughter are adopted. And I, I I normally wouldn't even preface it with that. Right. Um, I don't don't know that people have to point out when their children are adopted. I don't think that's necessary, but I say it because it's hilarious when you think about it, because it is as if I spit my daughter out of my very own mouth. I'm telling you, she's just (laughs) like her mama. My son is kind and mild mannered and laid back and chill. And, um, you know, he's kind and he thinks about his words before he speaks, just like my husband. My daughter is a force of nature. Um, But both of them came to us through adoption because David and I dealt with infertility for 12 years. We also Mm. had a son who passed away. So we know the pain of burying a child. We know the pain of being, you know, having difficulty. How old was the child? Hours, just a couple of hours old. Um, You knew, did you know that he was going to have problems after birth or was that sort of? No, I, I, I had, um, so after 12 years, within those 12 years of infertility, we had four miscarriages. Um, So when I got pregnant with him, they were watching me like a hawk, as you can imagine. And it mm-hmm. was on the um, ultrasound. We went to the ultrasound to hear heartbeats, and they always turned out great. Everything was wonderful. It was on the ultrasound to find out if it was a boy or a girl. So it was several months in that they detected a problem and actually suggested that I uh, abort right then. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like if I didn't, that there could be issues of hemorrhaging during childbirth, that he could pass away in the womb and therefore would not be able to help aid, you know, in that, in that birthing process. And so, uh, that wasn't an option for us. We were believing for a miracle and we believed for a miracle up until the day that he was born. Um, I talk a lot about it in the book. They, they, he was born on Christmas morning of 2005. So Christmas always is a, although it's a precious time, it's a really, I I know that, I know that sounds like a weird word to use, Lena, but -hmm. it's holier than it is for most people. It's already a holy time, but it's it's Mm -hmm. just exceptionally 
what, it's just beautiful in our home. I think about yeah. him. I think about, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I would think, I would think Christmas would be sad. Well, I'm not saying that it isn't, but it's also a moment to remember God's faithfulness because sometimes on Christmas day, I hurt a little bit, but then I'll look at, I'll look sitting in my floor opening presents and it's these two beautiful children. And this is how my life is. And I'm happy with it. And God has grown me from it. And I've learned so much from that heartache. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a thing differently. I wouldn't do it. Did you right away know, like after that experience, like how long did you wait before you proceeded with adoption? Um, I didn't proceed with adoption. That's what's funny. Adoption came to me. So he was born on December 25th of 2005 and on uh, February, like February 18th. So just a, not even, not even two months later, I got a phone call uh, about a adopt about a birth mom in Texas. We lived in Nashville at the time about a birth mom in Texas that was looking for a family. And a fa- and someone thought of the Radkeys. Someone said, I know this couple, they just lost a child. You've, they're so wonderful. You've, you've, we, we've got to, we've got to let them know. I, I flew to Texas and I met her and we instantly wow. bonded. And that's how Remy Radke came into our world. So incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, so, well, you know, am I happy that infertility or loss of a child is one of my platforms. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I am. I'm glad if women need a voice to know how to have hope through this, to know how to bury a child and still serve God. I'm glad I'm the voice. I'm also the voice of parenting because I got a 10 year old and a 12 year old. And I'm going to tell you what, I mess it up a whole lot. Um, but I'm the voice. I, I, I'm happy to have that platform. You were asking about other platforms. I, I feel like I speak a lot about my marriage, which has been imperfect at best. I mean, it's been very difficult. You know, marriage is like the Peace Corps. It's the hardest job you'll ever love. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a job. It's a task. This is the man that God made for me but it didn't come with a lot of ups and downs and a lot of marriage counseling. I talk about that. Yeah. I also am a, a plus size woman. I always say the sentence, I'm a plus size woman living in a missus size world. Um, so mm-hmm. I talk a lot about body image and about. Let's talk about that a little. We haven't had a lot of conversations on the hope podcast on that. And I think that a lot of my listeners are women and, and, um, I don't know that I've met many women who truly love themselves, you know, in a sense, like you can be thin, you can be big boned and everybody's like, man, I need to X, Y, Z. Like we all have these ideas of what we should look like. How, how have you found peace in all of that? And what, like talk about some of the stuff you wrestle with when it comes to your body image. Well, first of all, I think it would be, I would be lying and I would just be like, um, trying to sound like I've got it all together. If I told you that I was in perfect peace, of course I'm not. You know, you you referenced at the beginning of the show that I'm doing keto. Let me stop you right there. People that are doing keto hate people like me that are doing keto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's because- hilarious. My, let me just tell you what my nephew who's five says to me. He's like, uh, he's like, if you say that word keto one more time, I'm going to smack you across the face. Like, they're so sick of hearing that word. It's like, I didn't think of that yet. Yeah, tell us well, why. First of all, there's like, I didn't even know these phrases existed, but there's like dirty keto and lazy keto. And so finally, like somebody ought to you're like the rat keto. Rat keto. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say I'm keto. I guess I'm saying keto because it's like the easiest word. I'm just really doing low carb, very low carb. Yeah. You're just fine. I think I'm on the rat keto. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Rat keto is working. I'm losing. I've, I've lost about 
20 plus pounds so far. Uh I'm not starving myself by any means. I'm doing it a really healthy way. If it's what are some carbs you cheat on? Oh, you know, bread is probably not my weakness. As a Southern girl um, in my family, if we don't hug it, we fry it. So, you know, uh, we fry everything. Those are those are my biggest things. Fried catfish, fried chicken. Those are my weaknesses right. for sure. Um, I was getting, I told my husband the other day, I said, if you don't pull me through Chick-fil-A and get me some chicken strips, I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the throat. <laughs> I remember is him saying three chicken strips to go, please. I mean, like, he knows I can. But anyway, so I guess, I guess somebody listening may go, well, she must not be at peace with her body if she's trying to lose weight. No, I think that's it. I think, I think that I am finally coming into peace with my body. And that's why I want to work for it. I want to make it better. I want to make it healthier because I'm not, when I was going through times when I was so depressed and I hated my body so much and I was just so down on myself, what do you do? You end up eating more. You end up staying in bed. You end up doing, not moving. I think the fact that I'm kind of coming into this age of realizing, look, if I got to wear plus size pants for the rest of my life, that ain't the worst thing that's ever happened. You know what I mean? The yeah. worst thing that would happen yeah. is if that I died early. So I'm going to get healthy. If I stay a plus size, I stay a plus size, but I want to get healthy. And that's really what I'm doing. But I have to tell you, nothing, not low carb, not keto, not a self-help book, not a, a, a diet plan or even an exercise. Nothing has helped my body image more than learning about my identity in Christ and that it isn't wrapped mm-hmm. up in what I weigh and it isn't wrapped up in what size I put on, but rather it is in what he has said about me. And when I began to learn those truths and replace negative things about myself with positive reinforcement that from the word, everything changed for me. Everything changed. That's awesome. How do you do that daily, day by day? So, you know, like realistically, like, like I was, I spent a lot of time with people and I do a lot of teaching and I, I always am trying to simplify it to people. Like you're busy, you got a lot going on. You know, how do you keep keep your mind on the positive of God's word? How do you stay? What are some practices and disciplines you might do that you're not even, you know, that might be little tricks that have kept you on track? I mean, you are married to who you call mm-hmm. the attorney general. So it's, it helps to have somebody constantly reminding you, but are there some things that you've learned that work for Melissa Raki? Well, my entire life, my entire life, I have had a I have had difficulty with scripture memorization. I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I'm terrible at it. So me too. And, I, really and I'm also a vi- yeah. You know, those people who show up to churches and they're like, I got a whole book of the Bible memorized. I'm always like, oh, oh I hate them. I mean, I can like, yeah, Hey yeah. y'all listen to my kid. He can now quote the book of James. I'm like, you know what? Your kid's a, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't ever play my kids, right? No, but I mean, but yeah. So what do you? I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I mean, for normal people, like it's such a, it's so difficult to keep your mind on the word. So what do you? How do you do that? Well, as a visual person, that one of the first things I do, and I'm not above doing it now. But you know, people may hear me and go, "Oh, that's kind of something that like you would do when you're a teenager." I'm sorry, I do it constantly, and that is, I keep certain scriptures or certain things that God has said about me, or certain. 
notes I'm proud of. Mm. I keep them ever before me with post-it notes all over the place. I, I had a friend get in the car a couple of months back and laugh at me because there was a big scripture on my on my dashboard and it was going to stay there, dad gum it until I memorize the thing. But um, <clears throat> because what I'm memorizing are the things that he has said about me, right? Like I'm a partaker of a heavenly calling or that I'm I'm free from accusation, you know, that I am constantly being built up in Christ, that I am complete in Christ. I remember these things because I keep them ever before me. So that is one of the mm-hmm. biggest things that I do um, when I am feeling defeated, when I am feeling less than, uh, or, or here's an example. The other day I was invited to go to something that I knew I would be walking in and it would be a crowd of beautiful women. And I knew the women that were going to be there. And I instantly felt, I began to feel intimidated about my body. Um, everyone, I knew yeah. it was it was like a girl's night out thing. They would all be dressed up. We were celebrating someone and I knew I would be the heaviest girl in the room. So I immediately wrote down everything I was feeling on one side of a piece of paper, drew a line down the middle. And on the other side, wrote down exactly what Christ had said about me. And every single thing that I was worried about and every single thing that I felt in my flesh was was completely crossed out when I remembered the things that he has said about me. Right. So I I have to. Those are exercises that maybe maybe are small things to do, but I win. I win when I do them. I'm further along when I do them. I'm more successful. I'm more at peace with who I am. I'm more confident. And people say to me all the time, I think the one thing that I hear more than any anything else is. Where do you get your confidence? And I get it. From that. I get it yeah. from that. I get it from the scripture. I get it from what God says about me. I also get it from my husband. You know, my husband thinks I'm beautiful and tells me constantly. Um, so, so hey, it's it's also in the the people that I surround myself with. So that's where my confidence comes right. from. You know, my pastor always says, and I know you've heard this: "Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future." Or you are the average of the f- people, the five closest people that you spend your time with. I want my average to be high. I want to think highly of myself and believe in myself. So you better believe those five people I pick I pick wisely. You you have a regular church life. I mean you're you're in church when you're home. You have community with your pastor. I mean I think a lot of people now are are sort of you know, life gets busy and we hear about millennial leave, millennials leaving the church and et cetera, et cetera. But really, like, even with you moving towards more media, television, all this, you really haven't compromised in those areas, it sounds like. No, it's be- because here's the deal. It's not just important for me. It's really important for my children. Um, and, and it's important mm-hmm. for my marriage. <clears throat> and we feel it when we are out of fellowship and when we are out of community, like we feel that um, a really difficult time for us was la- was when we were filming this first season because w- we filmed a lot on Sundays. And so there wasn't going to church on Sundays. And you, I just automatically feel out of fellowship. I feel out of connection and out of community. And it's a, it's a kind of an isolating feeling. Um, but also, I mean, I want to raise my children with the same kind of upbringing that I had in, in, in regards to serving God. I believe if, if they begin to serve in the local church, that there is a very good chance they will serve their community. Um, and if they serve their community, then they are serving people. And I am raising, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not raising television stars. I am raising good citizens. I am raising kids who will give back to this world. In a, in a positive way. So for us, it starts at church. It starts in relationship. Um, but also, you know, if I can say this, I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of a little example. On about 
year nine or 10 of infertility, David and I had just had, I think it was our third miscarriage. And it was the weekend afterwards. So I had <clears throat> had to go in and have a procedure done called a DNC. That's where they clean out, mm-hmm. you know, they clean the woman out, make sure everything's okay. And I was cramping and I was hurting and I'd been in bed for a couple of days. And it was a Sunday morning and the alarm went off. It was time to get up and go to church. We lived in Nashville at the time. We didn't have children. We were hurting. We were broken. We were depressed. <clears throat> and more than anything else, I was really mad. I was just pissed off. I'm, I mean, I, I'm going to use that word because I was. Yeah, we got up. It, yeah. The alarm went off. I looked at David. David went and said, you want to get in the shower first or you want me to? And I looked at him and this is what I said. I said, let's don't go today. He said, why? And I said, let's just quit serving him. What is, what is he doing for us? What's he done for me lately? Mm. What's he done for you? I want to quit serving him. It's not paying off. And David looked at me and here's what he said. And it was the wisest words he's ever said. He said, we, we have to. He's all we've ever known. It was the most profound moment because I thought, you know, I can't go anywhere where you're not there. I don't have a memory that you weren't a part of. Mm-hmm. You're part of my childhood. You're part of every journal entry, every prayer I've ever prayed. You're part of my hope. Um, I can't outrun you. So I'll continue to serve right. you. And I did. And I didn't always do it joyfully. And I didn't always do it with a glad heart. And the people that say, oh, even through the pain, just praise. You know what? Shut up. Shut up, Pamela. Okay. <laughs> it's hard. Um, but I did it because he's all I've ever known. So here's what I know. Someday we're infertility to strike my daughter. We're body image to strike my daughter. Heck, we're body image to strike my son. I don't want them to stop serving God. I want them to be, I want him to be all they've ever known. But that starts with me and the way I parent them and lead them, right? Oh man, so good. Yeah. And I mean, I'm so excited to just have you just reflect that directly or indirectly when you're on on the it's a big screen, screen, whatever you want to call it. My screen is big. I have a big <laughs> TV, but, but you know what I mean? But what do you find as you travel and talk to a lot of groups of women and others? Um, what do you find specifically with women? What do you find is one of their biggest fears right now? One of their biggest fears. Well, I don't, I hate to get like too woo woo or too deep or whatever. But I think, a, I think sure. a fear of women is that they don't understand <clears throat> why they can't be any happier than they are. So they look around. I see this a lot. They look around at this themselves and they've got four children and their husband has a nice job and they live in a pretty subdivision and they drive a, they drive a car and they, they have it, you know, they take it to the car wash once a week and they, they have their life in order and they Mm -hmm. watch Netflix and they did Marie Kondo and they cleaned out all their drawers and they, they have all of these things, right? They have a, a dog and two cats and and, and life seems to be okay. Or you've got the woman who has none of that, but she is climbing the corporate ladder and she is killing it. But I think women mm-hmm. still go to bed sometimes at night and they don't understand why there's still something missing, why they're not happy. Do you know, on that note, I even find mm-hmm. it in Christians. Oh, I think it's why no respecter think? of persons, to be perfectly honest with you. I really don't. I think right. it's Christian, non-Christian, white, black, uh, Latino. I think it's, I think it's a a um, epidemic of women who go to mm-hmm. bed at night 
and something is still not fulfilled. And here's why I think that is. Because I think that there has never been a time when self-help books have been more have been written. I think they're good. I think they're great. I think Dr. Phil's on every day and we watch that and we think he's going to fix us and we go to church and we think that's going to fix us. And we and we bought the book and we did the practice and we listened to what Oprah said. But the problem is that we are putting all of our stock in us and what we can make happen and change your thoughts, change your life. Do, do this, lose the weight, get organized. We, we do all the work. We're running ourselves ragged, right? And we still go to bed and we're not fulfilled. But we never went all the way back to the one who created us, the one that drew up the blueprint on our DNA, who put our hopes in it, who put in us, who put our fears in us, who put our quirky personality in us and our really loud, obnoxious laugh, the one who gave us our wide feet, you know, and we can't ever get nice healed. I mean, that that person right there, that God, we don't ever go back to him. And so there's constantly this feel, feeling of um, why aren't we happy? Why isn't any, why is that? Why aren't we settled? And I think it's because we don't know who we are in him. And I think that's important. And I right. think it's missing. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, I 100% agree with you so much. Um, not to, 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 to lighten things up a bit, but just to, to lighten things up a bit, because I think you're, you're just, I mean, you're talking about your voice. You're just really just preaching it. And I appreciate it so much because it's everything that I believe in. But I think it's so hard to do. Is that what you're hoping? Like, what's your hope with the show and with your ministry now and, and your, your videos? And so many women are going to be tuning in to your channel here after the show. Um, like, what, what do you hope to accomplish every time you come on in a public format? What's your what's Well, your first goal? of all, let me just say that I got tickled because I, uh, when you said you're preaching it right now. So the other day I was speaking at this event because I travel a lot on the weekends and I speak. Uh, I do public speaking all over the United States. And um, I was doing mm-hmm. this. And, and, and I got to tell you, I speak very rarely in churches. I speak mostly in big uh galas or benefits or civic organizations and things like that. So I was doing this speech for the United Way. And Lena, I got all like all up into this moment. And a woman at the back like stood up and started clapping. And I I don't know what came over me. I said, is that the only one that can stand up? Come on, get on your feet. They all, I don't know if they stood up because they were moved or they were terrified. I'm not entirely sure. And then my husband told me afterwards, he goes, what are you doing up there? I don't know. I don't know. I was preaching it. It's like, well, you're. I was unleashing the inner Billy Graham. United Way, so you need to calm it down, lady. Anyway, um, what am I, what do I hope that this show does? Hmm. You know what? I just really hope that it brings light and laughter to people. We watched an episode the other day and I said this, I said this sentence, I said, well, Dave, I don't think we're going to bring peace to the Middle East by this show, but I do think that there's not a lot of great family television on. I don't think there's a lot of TV that you can sit down, sit down and watch it with your kids. And I think that we're going to bring that to the, to the television. I think people are going to laugh with us. And I also think, and I'm really the most excited about this. I think people are going to watch a Christian family who is not bathed in vinegar, who actually has a great sense of humor and at times an obscene one. And I think people are going to, what I hope more than anything is that I give God, I, I, I make him proud. You know, that he gave me my sense of humor. He, knows it's off color. He 
knows that I love dirty jokes. Is he pleased with it? Probably not. But I, it, it is, it is what it is. And I think the world's going to see that, you know. And I think for a long time we've, awesome. you know, religious people have this reputation of being pious and holier than thou and uh, looking down. I don't look down my nose at anybody. You know, I, I, I am, I am what I am, and I hope America enjoys that. I honestly cannot wait to watch it. And so we're going to know when it's on because you're going to tell everybody so specifically. What's your favorite kind oh of cake? Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, I mean, your title, cake. Well, I mean, so tell us well, a little bit about that. I'm just a good old like chocolate cake with chocolate buttercream icing. But don't you come at me with any cream cheese icing. Don't you come at me with any of the seven minute whipped stuff. Like I want buttercream. Like I want Paula Dean heated up four pounds of butter. <laughs> You're going to cook on the show or no? Is there a There's cooking not a cooking segment? segment, but you know, I am a good cook. I'm a good Southern cook. So maybe they have me in the kitchen doing something. I can't even remember. I don't think so, but it's not, it's not a beyond me. Okay. Like my mother is in the show and yeah. my mom is a great cook. She's very yeah. funny. And I said, mom, what if someday, because at first when we were doing the show, she's like, I'm not doing it. It's just ridiculous. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm terrible at this. But when I told her that, what if this show takes off and is successful and you get to put out a cookbook? She was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I'm in. Okay, that's hilarious. That's I'll hilarious. buy the cookbook. So then you got at least one sale. That's hilarious. Oh man, I can't wait to meet your family. They just It's going to be such a fun show. Um, are you working on a book? Now? I am not. I'm actually working on a, um, I'm about to offer a course called Inc. And we're going to offer that to, to people to sign up online. And I'm going to take them through a teaching of their identity in Christ as I'm putting it together. And it's going so well. Um, I'm getting excited about it and I'm thinking maybe this should be my next book, but I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not working a on a, a book yet, but, um, but I, I got some ideas. I got some ideas. Um, yeah. Well, the, even that, that course sounds awesome. How can people, uh, how can people reach you like uh, to follow you, to know about the show, to get that Bible study? What's the easiest way they to can find me of on, um, of course, Instagram at Miss Melissa Radke. Okay. Let me just say this. It's M S Melissa Radke. And people are like, why did you? Yeah. Why did you Ms. use Miss and not Miss? <laughs> First of all, Melissa Radke was taken. Okay. There's already one out there. Um, I don't know. She's how living a glamorous she? life like I am, but you know, I put MS in front of it. It was just easier. Um, so Miss Melissa Radke on Instagram, Melissa Radke on Facebook. And then, of course, my website is MelissaRadke.com. People always say, what about Twitter and Snapchat? Well, I forget about Twitter. I forget to do it. And then Snapchat, yeah. I can't it's figure new. it out. And I'm scared to ask. I'm not yeah, yeah, me too. I know, I know. You can probably date people by their social media usage. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm but, like, I'm, uh, I yeah, can't do I Snapchat. I'm afraid I'm going to upload a me a picture in the of me in the bathroom. I don't know what's going on there, so I can't do it. <laughs> but most of your videos, if people want to just follow, sort of even old stuff, uh, Facebook is where they can access absolutely, or YouTube. Absolutely, or and I hope they do. You know, here's Facebook. the thing, and I hope it didn't come across on your show that I'm all like. This is the word of God. Heed thee. I mean, I'm not that way at all. In fact, I think anyone that reads my book um, is going to laugh more than they're going to cry. Our show is going to be very, very funny. I'm a moron 98% of the time on social media, but that's just the personality God gave me. And I, uh, I like to laugh and have a good time. So I tell, come on, come on with it. Man, um, I'll tell you, my friend Tina said, get get the book. You'll read it in 45 minutes. And uh, she's right. You're such an easy, readable style. And you can 
tell your humor. I mean, I'd love reading books where the personality just shines through. And I already knew, honestly, I was, I'm always a little nervous when I'm doing podcasts with people I've never met before, but right away, I, you can tell you're the person, like it just comes through right. your personality. And so we are praying for you. I really want you to know that. I mean, I think, you know, I think Christians are funny. I mean, we still have that weirdness where it's like, if one of us is going to be on TV, it's like such a rare exception that we're like, go, go, go. Like we're just behind you a hundred percent. I myself will laugh at your jokes. And so just know that we, you know, we're, um, we're in, we're, what do you call You're that? You're in my corner. Think, in American Express. I'm Lebanese. Yeah, that's it. I'm in your corner. That's it. Thank you so much. I am. I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, the show is called The Radkeys. It comes out the end of May on USA Network. And I was very upset that they called it The Radkeys. I thought it should have been called Melissa Radke Show starring Melissa Radke. Um, I told David, I go, it sounds like a show about your mother. (laughs) This is called The Radkeys. Um, <laughs> well, it sounds like a I know. Show isn't that the worst? <laughs> it should be about me, starring me, with featured by me. Yeah. So he's like, okay, you know what? Lower your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck with him now. No, this is awesome. And hey, guys, um, a- a- any final words before we go? Otherwise, I'm going to wrap things up here. Melissa, Thank what you a fun so much, Lena. I love being here with you. All right, guys, if you're listening, remember, um, we're going to ha- give away two books. First two people to email me, I'll be uh, sending you the books. Uh, we'll have connecting points uh, with Melissa Radke. Uh, I'll let you guys know when her show is on. I actually put it on my Insta, too, to remind you guys in case you've forgotten and know that you can reach me if you need uh, prayer, if you just uh, need a little bit of hope, Lena at livingwithpower.org, livingwithpower.org. Plenty of resources free for you to enjoy, to grow in your walk with the Lord. I love you guys. I'll catch you again next week.